and welcome to another episode of We're Not Wizards. Uh, my name's Richard, I'll be your host for this evening. And joining me tonight is a gentleman by the name of Justin Morgan Davies from Bad Cat Games. And this episode is going to be called Keep Out of the Elements, You Bad Cat. Now, I know why it's called that, and you will know why it's called that. And uh, just going to say a quick hello, Justin, how are you? Hey there, fine. Hi, Richard. So the reason we've invited um, Justin along tonight is to, it's a work in progress special, so it's to chat about, um, it's to chat about your Kickstarter game, your up and coming Kickstarter game, Elements, yeah? Yep. Um, But as normal... What we like to do is we like to find out a little bit more about your past with the good old um, the good old cardboard. So <laughs> digging around in my headspace, then <laughs> that's it. We're going to pick into the tiny corners of your mind, and we're going to find out what's going to be sitting there. So it's all good. <laughs> I don't so just... think we want to know. I don't know. <laughs> just sit back, relax, and uh, think think deep deep thoughts. Um, nice. But on all seriousness, um, I mean, what was the? I mean, what's been your journey so far with board games? Were you, were you a, a, a late? Uh, were you an early starter with the likes of Monopoly? Did you get into your D and D? I mean, what was what's your kind of your your journey been like so far? Well, yeah, I did. Uh, I'm one of the old school, really. Um, we started off. Uh, RPGing at school, basically, with yeah, the original D and D Red Box. Oh, where, right. Okay. Uh, we we just missed the the chainmail days, but uh, yeah, we started off with the old Red Box, which got pre-battered pretty fast. Um, but we were the ones sort of um, in the playground, furiously scrubbing off the corners of those terrible dice that we used to get in the set. Um, right. So they'd actually roll, and we'd actually get a decent result. But yeah, we used to start off with the the RPGs um, up until uni days. When uh, we got into the usual sort of, well, it was really Games Workshop that were doing most of the things uh, in those days that, you know, you'd see in the shops and we'd get into um, things like Blood Bowl, the original Blood Bowl, which was, you know, we used to play that two, three times a week. We had some kind of series running and the old Fury of Dracula. Of course, oh, right, re-released, okay. but the, kind of uh, the first edition of Fury of Dracula. Right? Um, I assume it is the first. It's sitting behind me actually on the shelf. I've still got it. Was uh, it? Uh, yeah, but you uh, keep a hold of that one because I've oh, yeah, I know, I know. a pretty penny now with it. Kind I know. Of, um, effectively, tiny cardboard chits, and yeah, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that was that was good fun. Um, and then of course we got into we did some. We did some wargaming with Fancy Battle and uh, got into 40k a wee bit. Um, mm. it tend- we tended to be more Fancy Battle, to be honest, because there was a good group of us uh, at uni. There was about five of us. So um, the GM of our um, various games of AD&D and Warhammer and the like, um, he would sort of effectively be like a game master planning the uh, the battles and then the four of us took up one of the chaos gods because we never liked to play the good guys. Come on, we were always <laughs> we were always the bad guys. You know, we wanted to rampage through through towns and villages and uh, reaping, pillaging, and destroying everything that we could see. So, um, all in all, in good fun, of course. But you said, uh, said like a typical <laughs> central belt boy. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, never um, do things by the book. Uh, so, jumping back mm. to Bloodborne, did you? Mm. I mean, Blood Bowl. Did you? Um, 
Did you have you looked at the latest edition? Have you treated yeah, yourself I, and got yourself a copy? No, no, I haven't treated myself yet. But uh, no, well, I've still got the original old version with the old box, which still holds itself together. I all think right. uh, I have to check whether I still have uh, all the miniatures. Cause I seem to remember some of them ended up face down in a pizza at some point. But <laughs> okay. um, that's a story for another time, maybe, uh, or maybe yeah, a story for just. Yeah. Now. Was but, that uh, was that some kind of rage incident where you threatened oh, no. the team and said if you didn't win again, then it was uh, oh. pepperoni time? Or uh, <laughs> no, that would have been an interesting one. That would have been a good threat. But no, it was uh, you know these sort of all nighters that we used to be able to pull at uh, in uni days. You know, so um, yeah. you could afford to have an all nighter and just uh, play like you know um, a series of blood bowl games. Um, so that was really good. Um, but yeah, we'd we'd regularly have. Um, large-scale games like Space Hulk, for example. Yes. Uh, we pulled together and got like three copies of Space Hulk and then, and then what was it, Gene Steeler and Deathwing, I think, with the other two expansions. Yeah. But yeah. either way, uh, we'd, we used to run massive missions of that, you know, where the entire um, floor of the flat was covered in, in uh, cardboard pieces and miniatures and uh, landladies and stuff coming round to take one look and think, what the heck were you up to? Um, <laughs> but at least they're, they're good pairs and they're quiet boys. <laughs> well, well you, you'd think, yeah, but, but the music was pretty heavy in those days, so uh, yeah. I think you could hear us from the street. Um, but yeah, so, so that was really, that was formative time, I think, for us, definitely. It sounds like um, some seriously wonderful and brilliant hours wasted, which um, I think... If... Totally wasted, yeah. I think if people look back, they say, you know, I could have been spending all this time playing playing board games instead of going out and, and lent, ended up face first in a field, <laughs> wondering <laughs> wondering how I was ever going to get hold and if I'd missed the kind of the last bus, which is one of these things. Oh, yeah. I well, mean, we were lucky because we were down in Plymouth, so everything right, okay. was in the city. So it tended to be... Uh, um, you know, we'd be gaming at people's houses, but then uh, once the games had wrapped up, we'd be off down the pub and uh, frequently have lock-ins and stuff um, And if you knew the right pubs. So, um, you know, we'd just, we'd be talking games, you know, all night, basically. We lived it. It was great. Sadly, those days are gone. <laughs> if we could Everybody only go back. Everybody drifted away. It's like the summer of 69, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> somebody got married. Some, somebody lost a copy of Blood Bowl. Oh, Somebody well, else yeah. broke the. They broke the. Um, they broke too many of the um, ultramarines in their, their death. In their yeah. death wing. Um, well, there was one know. weird. Yeah, there was one odd incident that a friend of ours suddenly got into all the epic stuff and bought Space Marine with those tiny, tiny miniatures, and uh, we didn't take it off the shelf for about a year. But when we did, the whole thing had just been converted into this weird kind of plastic cotton wool. And I think it was those silverfish or something that had got in and chewed up his Space Marines. So, really? oh Soul Games Workshop, they are not invincible, the Space Marines. They can be got by <laughs> silverfish. We're, we're, calling you, we're calling you out on this. Calling you out, yeah. Workshop. Yeah. <laughs> Indestructible? Rubbish. <laughs> yeah, Taken no on way. Tyranids? If you want. But if you mm-hmm. stick a couple insects in there, then they're finished. Well, basically, I think what's what we're saying here. Um, so... I take it you finished you finished uni, and I take it the the big bad world of employment beckoned where a where a man has to look at his life and <laughs> kind of have a yeah. serious think about which which direction he's going to go. And did the cardboard and miniatures follow you, or did you did you do what a lot of people did, which is put them to one side and then come back at a later date? 
Aye, exactly. Yeah, I mean that's that's definitely it. I mean we, I think we basically all woke up one day and thought, hang on a minute, we need to get jobs. We need to sort our lives <laughs> out, not just play with cardboard and miniatures all the time. So yeah, we all split apart and went our various ways. And I came up to Scotland, and uh, then uh, yeah, so quite a um, a time out really from everything. Although we did, we, I did get into mahjong. Um, for quite a while then just playing with friends and family and the like but and my wife but um but that's not the just the tile stacking you know the um this is yeah. the proper this is the proper hong kong mahjong and i've always been interested in that kind of um eastern religions and the sort of esoteric side of it which is funnily enough feeds into some of the ideas behind uh, elements but oh, um right, okay. so really there was a there was a gap there for quite a few years and then yeah started getting back into it, it was actually over um with my um, wife's family over in france and um we just sat down one night with a decent few bottles of wine as they do in france yeah. and uh, and uh played citadels all right bruno, okay. bruno for duty yeah yeah with with a full eight players and uh it was just my god this is so much fun and it's so <laughs> clever and it's so slick and, and did everybody you know, survive there wasn't uh, any I, casualties. Uh, oh, yeah, there was a few casualties. Yeah, and amazing. <laughs> but I, I suppose the, I suppose the thing was that I, I won the game, not actually having a clue how it really played, but just playing along. And I can't even remember how I managed it. But um, that was a surprise. And I thought, you know what? Not just the fact that I won, but actually, I really get how this game works. And it is so simple, but so much fun that you know, it just sort of sparked something off in me. And I thought, hey, I, you know, I've got to dig out some games again. So. That's where it all came from, and you know yeah. now it's just crazy. <laughs> it's you can't look anywhere for for board games, you know, and there's just such a huge list out there that I actually try to avoid it half the time because otherwise I'd be spending my life going, oh, I really want that one and that one and that one and that one and, <laughs> exactly. that, one and that one and that one and oh dear, yeah. And so then what? Then what happens is you move on from saying I really want that one to now I've got this one and this one and this one, and then it's the third stage, which is. I really should play that one and that one <laughs> and that one. And yeah. That one. Oh dear. I it is. It's, it's impossible. I mean, that's our curse, isn't it? It's very much a curse of the of the gamer that you will always buy and have more than you can ever possibly fit into your lifetime. And the other thing is, as well, is it's not like you've got some kind of legacy because if you leave it long enough, it ends up being some kind of disgusting mulch in the top of an attic. <laughs> I've never seen anyone that says, "Oh." This is my grandfather's copy of this wonderful cardboard game. What's it called? It's called Various Colours of Dust. Yeah, well, very true. <laughs> Although, bizarrely enough, I do actually have a copy of the Avalon Hill Battles of Waterloo, which I think I've looked up recently. I think it came out in 1962. Really so cool. I don't know if that was handed to us as, a, you know, to the family or it turned up in somebody's attic or something. But, um, but that's a great piece of history. And it's still a fantastic Wii game as well. So that's that's more of our... Um, it's almost uh, like a family. This is what board games used to be like. <laughs> yeah. Heritage type of thing. But yeah. um, we Now, of course, that. Fantasy Flight would, would do it again with tons of miniature. Or Cool Mini or not would do it again, but with loads of superb miniatures. And it'd just be a completely different thing. But awesome, nonetheless. Yeah, I mean, Fantasy Flight would probably do it with awesome miniatures as well. But then they would have... A really, really huge box with ridiculously small amounts of storage, which is, which is how they do. We have spoken about the fantasy flight um, trench on a yeah. number of occasions, but it's mm. always worthwhile bringing up 
because it is a case of you have a massive box you provide some of the biggest boxes in board gaming the board gaming hobby space and yet someone decides that they really like the death star and that is how you should be packing stuff in (laughs) so but what are you playing at the moment i mean that's you know right yeah so um quite a mix of stuff really um off the sort of top of my head i mean i've got 40 odd games sitting behind me here but uh the ones that i'm sort of having fun with and it tends to be i tends to be quite sort of eclectic in what i choose to actually spend my money on yeah because it's more it's more an intriguing game a game that's intriguing to me in in the theme behind it or or some particular mechanic of how it works that uh, i really want to get my teeth into so i would name things like um well, Eclipse blew me away because I'm a Twilight Imperium fan, and uh, you know I just have had to take a look at Eclipse, and uh, it's just so well done. I love it. And um, You're other the ones second like second person that has said really? Eclipse, yeah, Frank. Only West. second. <laughs> Frank. Well, no, the second person that's come on here and absolutely ranted and raved so much about a game, and the last person that did it was um, was Frank West. Mm. And uh, he was like saying, "No, you have to, you have to get it because it is absolutely wonderful." Um, <clears throat> yeah, it, I do think it's like a it's a milestone really in in the sort of modern space opera kind of games. And I I would think that Fantasy Flight with their recent one, their recent Star Wars, is it Star Wars Rebellion stuff like that. Yeah, I think you know they're 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 carrying on and and running with the torch from things that uh, Eclipse pulled to the fore. Ah, right, okay. So you say it was um, flattery <laughs> through imitation, I guess, is the correct phrase, so that they, they went, oh, well, we, we like what you did here, and we like also what you did here, so we're going to borrow them. Because it, it's still the case that you can't actually patent mechanics. No, no, but absolutely you, not. But you can, it seems you can copyright words, <laughs> which uh, we found out, I think we found out recently on the episode we did with Chris Clue, where he mm-hmm. has been not able to use the term "living card game" for his living oh. card game. Oh no, he really? To, yeah, he, um, oh, he was going to use it, and he got a he got a quick hello. <laughs> As, yes, um, see that living card game thing? Yes, you can't use it. And who's this? It's Fantasy Flight. We own Netrunner, the yeah. living card game. So he has a, he said to call it an expandable card game instead. Yeah, which that's a tricky sake, one. Yeah, which for the sake of a word, come on. Are we, are we, are we, is that the kind of territory we're getting into? But um, well, that's, I think, yeah, you know, that's just a, a continuation of the um, the tapping issue, and uh, <laughs> shall we say, and the and the Space Marine issue, which I don't yes. think we should go into. No, let's. But, that's a, that's uh, an entire. That's almost like a news night type podcast, mm, which we don't want yeah. to. We'll end up having to change the category that this one's in. <laughs> Um, but I think I, I do think the uh, um, the the imitation of board game mechanics, if you want to call them, is the the best form of flattery for a for a designer, yeah. you know. And and there are so many superb games that are coming out all the time every year that uh, you know it's natural that people. I think it's only sensible for a designer to look 
look at a number of different as many different types of games as they can and then sort of pick and choose you know you're cherry picking you think oh that's a great mechanic or that's a really clever way of doing something or i love that idea you know that duality of of that mechanic and stuff and you you naturally want to use them in your own games but they're still going to be your game but i think it's it's flattery um you know to the original designers to come up with these ideas like like um rob davio and the uh his legacy game, you know, that's going to roll on. That style of game, I reckon, can roll on at least for another decade. You know, I mean, it's only just started, isn't it? So, I mean, it's very, very much in its infancy, and I'm already seeing it. Yeah. Kind of people kind of mention it. I mean, um, um, Jamie from Stonemaier Games, um, his next game, Char- Charterstone. Charterstone, that's right. Yeah. Is, that's he it. says it's going to be a leg- legacy game about building a village. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, John Gilmore is doing the Wasteland Express delivery service, and he says there's going to right. be legacy parts to that. I mean, if you look at Mechs and Minions, which has just come out, when you mm-hmm. open up the box, you get like 10 or 15 envelopes that you have to open up, which contain new cards, and there's a big, huge behemoth in the box that stays locked for some ah. time, which, you know... Everybody's been very good about not spoiling stuff like this, which is always... It's really interesting to me that, you know, people are quite willing to not jump on with, like, pictures and go, this is what you get in this game, this is what you get in that game. And and people are still very, very... um, Still very careful even about Pandemic Legacy, even though we're heading into Season 2 this year, which is... Yes, that's right. Which just shows the strength of the community. Um, I, I... I'm aware I jumped in on you, but um, on That's earlier fine. about um, eclipse. So, what else have you been kind of bringing to the table? Yeah, so um, so a couple of uh, kickstarters that I was supporting. Uh, one little one, Karmaka, okay. um, which are the guys that did the Os- Osmosis Osmos um, uh, phone game. Um, that Karmaka is a lovely little game, um, a simple enough little card game, but it makes you think, and, and the theme is so rich. I think that's what makes that one really fun. Okay. Um, so that's that's climbing up the karmic ladder, basically. You've got four steps to climb up the karmic ladder, and it's a, um, a sort of card drafting game, I suppose you'd call it. All right, uh, okay. That's a, that's a fun one. Um, Evolution by North Star Games. That one yeah. was one of those things that I'd had kicking around in my head for about five or six games. Um coming from that sort of professional background and uh, always thought, you know, somebody really should do a game about the evolving species. Of course, there was, what, Dominant Species is another yes, game. Yes, there was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, which I haven't played, actually. But uh, Evolution, yeah, again, great little game. And in fact, that's something um, that we do, that I encourage the kids to play because uh, I run, um, or Bad Cat Games basically runs, um, a club at the local school. Um, oh, right. okay. of, of a Friday afternoon just for the um, some of the school kids in the sort of yeah. uh, mid-level at school and um, you know it's I'm not just going to be giving them like cash and guns for example and saying get on with it kids <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. here's cards it's all, against humanity kids that's here's, here's it. Yeah, the ones you know, you're not allowed to use here's, that's right yeah, they've, they've got away with exploding kittens but that was about it but no yeah. generally generally you know I, I'm, um, I want to of course, the kids of today 
can be the gamers of tomorrow and they're the kids that are going to grow up and buy the games so um, it's a no brainer really to encourage them and infuse them at this sort of earlier age so games like Evolution and uh, Pandemic of course is one that uh, um, they've been playing quite a bit recently Pandemic Plus, I get is, to, yeah, my yeah. kids have played Pandemic, and it is all about them just learning. This is this is what losing is like. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's you like... say that, but they won last time, which really impressed me because I turned my back for five minutes, and it's like, yeah, we won. Fantastic. So, um, yeah, but no, Pandemic is a good one because it it teaches sort of social interaction as well. Hmm. Um, you know, the kids have to work together, which I think is very different from, um, you know, being on a computer all the time or on Xbox or whatever. I mean, yeah. I've got two kids myself, a boy and a girl. And, yeah. um, you know, there's there's a lot of that kind of peer pressure nowadays. You know, kids go home and they just plug into a computer and off they go. So um, so I think it's good to see them play these kind of things together and work together yes. as a team. So these cooperative games are superb. Or at no. least that's what I tell the teachers. No, I mean, no, you're preaching. I mean, you're preaching <laughs> to the converted here. I mean, um, I've spoken a couple of times about the kids, you know, playing pandemic and then we've played games like say mice and mystics which is another cooperative right yeah we've then played some fun kind of competitive games like say king of tokyo which is good fun Mm -hmm. um i mean recently we delved we delved into games like codenames which is a fantastic kind of educational tool for teaching them to kind of think outside the box when it comes to describing stuff so it's i mean that's been kind of very helpful has i mean have you been doing the have you been doing the the group at the school for some time now no no it's quite a recent thing it's it's only been started uh Hmm. well this year anyway Um, all right but we usually have a regular of about 12 and 12 kids that turn up which is about all that we could hope for i mean in the future i would definitely like to take it further and and support some other schools in the area and just yeah. sort of see if it develops um no no i mean my but, son you know, my, my son is um my son's actually they've just started a board game club um at his school excellent so i'm wondering if it's been something that maybe a couple of people have thrown together because i think it was his case that he went along and there was a couple of people that a lot of the kids had like Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh cards so he rocked up yeah. the King of Tokyo and he says at the end of it there was like people basically everybody was wanting to get involved in King of Tokyo because it can support about I mean it can support I think up to about four or five players at oh, least yeah yeah at so, least yeah, yeah. not so including would, the expansions yeah i mean so he was able to he said there was a, it was it was a lot of good fun so yeah i mean i think there's definitely a lot of value in in introducing kids to i guess first of all the concept that board games aren't just monopoly and um <laughs> you know even your buckaroos and and frustrations and cludos of this world um and on the other side of it they can they can they can push some really kind of challenging kind of things that kids have to learn about like say teamwork um, cooperation problem solving all these different things yeah. as well you know going into a rage like a monster when you don't manage to burn down a city um, <laughs> these are all important <laughs> these are all important yeah. kind of life skills kind of going they forward, are so. yeah they are really good life skills and i, and I think uh certainly uh, i've read quite a bit of research that's going on now um that sort of actually kids gaming in school or gamifying 
the school experience and the education is is a way to get through to the kids of today and yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. you know yeah all of these things you just mentioned you know they're all skills that you can pick up from games without even noticing that's the thing if they yeah. they're they're entertained then they don't realize that they're they're learning but they are learning as they're getting on so well um, yeah no, I mean, in a world where it's, you seem to see a lot of exams seem to be purely based around um, almost like learning the answers to questions as opposed to understanding stuff. So you get a lot of kids out there that, depending on the paper, they can go ahead and they can answer 150 maths questions like nobody's business and they can, they can essentially recite entire passages and answers to English questions. When it comes to them understanding exactly what they've done, it can be, you know, it can be a difficult, a difficult thing. Oh, yeah, and I also think that well, yeah. these practical examples, um, as you said, you know, as we both said, they're very, very helpful in helping to educate maybe children that can sit at a book on working cooperatively against somebody. <laughs> Mm. and I just read also, the passage yeah. and think yeah. I, this isn't even sinking in whereas if you say to them well here's pandemic if you guys don't get to Atlanta then you're going to lose the game and it just you know it clicks like that with them and off and off the that's game it yeah or uh, or you take these um, you know the big trend of course at the moment is the engine building games you know yes. I don't know if they started with the likes of Agricola but Agricola was a huge eye opener for me um you know that, that it, what's great as well is it's inclusive of non-gamers. Yes. Because you can say, you know, you can slap that down on the table and say, right, you know, we've had a nice meal. Let's 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 dig out this agricola, and they go, oh, what's all that about? And you say, oh, well, yeah. Yeah. it's just, you know, you're you're a farmer, you're a peasant farmer, and you've got to survive over the next what fourteen rounds or fourteen years or whatever, you know, and it, everybody immediately gets that. They understand where it's coming from, and yet it is a problem-solving exercise, of course. Uh, yeah. So these sort of engine-building games, I think, are really great because they're they're so inclusive of all different kinds of people, whether they're gamers or not really gamers. Yeah. And I think that's important. You know, you you, I see a lot of games coming out now every year that that are really quite intense. They're really gamers' games, and I love them because I can you know I can get in there and and get my money's worth and get my teeth into the game, but um at the at the same time you know they they going they only they're only pitched at a certain percentage of that entire market where you also have got to think about the people on the edge that are sort of thinking you know what's this what's this king of tokyo monsters rolling dice um, mm, i don't know. know you know maybe is that easy is that that's yeah. that's often a question is that is that easy making decisions is that easy? can i understand yeah. that yeah making decisions making quick decisions weighing up risk working basically on statistics i mean <laughs> this is higher maths you're talking about in terms yeah. of engine building one of the games that we've played um a number of times at the club and i've played ridiculous number of times with um, with my middle son is Steampunk Rally which All right. Right. Um, has the interesting combination of actually being the mixture of a race game but also having you building certain components that build up into some kind of miniature infinity engine uh-huh. so you'll have like an electricity co- an electricity component You'll have a steam component. You'll have like a fire component. But you'll have like an. What you'll have is you'll have like um, <clears throat> you roll dice, uh-huh. and you place the dice on the board, 
and it's like normal six-sided dice, but they're clear, transparent, and they've got the obviously the six numbers on them. Yeah. But you use that, you use like um, different values of the dice in order to create movement or create shields or create. You turn like steam into electricity. You start. You turn like fire into steam, and there's like you can build up infinity engines. It's certainly worthwhile. Um, taken a look at i believe it's you know it's still kicking yeah. it's rocks roxley games All and right. it's also got an interesting fact that it's got um it t- it brings in lots and lots of famous kind of inventors Excellent. so you've got like marie so got Curie. A bit of history there. yeah so it's, it actually goes through the back and there's kind of like many biographies of all of the inventors as well in a kind of a friendly kid friendly kind of cartoon format so that's kind of um I think yeah, that's, that's the kind of ideal kind of game. That's yeah, kind of worthwhile that sounds at. a good one. Yeah, I it didn't is. know about that one. No, it's definitely um, it's definitely worthwhile kind of um, tracking down a copy. I know that it's on retail release. I don't uh-huh. know if it's um, you would probably be able to pick it up from pick it up from somewhere. But me, yeah, we um, we like it. We like it an awful lot. Is there um, is there anything you're kind of coveting at the moment? I can you know looking into. Um, I mean, is there anything that you you I guess you've you said you know um, in the green room that you've got you've got a lot of games you'd like to pay play. Um, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, is uh, there anything always... that you're really really wanting to get to the table that you've heard excellently good things about that you'd like to get get to the table at the moment? Um, yeah, I'd uh, I was watching Shut Up and Sit Down and uh, Paul I think it was Paul's um, review of Feast for Odin. And oh yeah, okay. That's yeah, that's an interesting one because, um, again, you know, very famous designers, and uh, you think, well, you know, there's going to be some great. That's Yuri uh, Rosenberg, isn't it? And, yeah, I think um, so, yeah. Yeah, and uh, so you you instantly think, well, that's going to be a clever game. Um, so that was an interesting one uh, to sort of you know go beyond uh, Agricola because I haven't played Caverna yet, um, which I think was the sort of same idea that came after uh, Agricola, but then Feast for Odin apparently is is um, another sort of step beyond that again. You know, a new iteration of the the idea is all being brought together. But I'm also a fan of um, his other game, Patchwork, which is oh, the yeah, one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard people it's... talk about this and say it's absolutely very, very simple, but also wonderfully kind of illustrated and also amazingly good fun once you get into it um, yeah i'd agree with that it's it's definitely it's a strange one because it was one of these sort of variable purchases that i would go for um and i thought you know that sounds quite quite unique there doesn't seem to be another game that's doing that kind of thing so okay fine we'll give it a punt and um yeah my wife and i we love that playing you know a nice little two-player takes what 20 minutes 25 mm. minutes or something yeah. but just for me, the me- I mean, it's a it is a very simple game, but the the fun mechanic of it is the fact that you've got this spiraling time running out, and yeah, you know yeah. the 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 more the more you want to do in the game, the more time you use up, and the less time you've got to then do what you want to do, and that just in a nutshell is just such a perfect little mechanic to be in a game. So, um, yeah, hats off to that one. That's a great little game. Highly recommend it. So, um, I yeah. Sorry, let's, carry on. No, what I was going to say is, um, let's okay, let's talk about elements. Let's talk about bad cat games. Oh God, really? <laughs> yes, <laughs> because 
Um, this has gone down a route that I could probably spend hours and hours just talking to you about, kind of in terms of education and board games. Because well, it's like I said, on. we should have been in the pub. <laughs> Other but drinks yes, are available. Yes. No, um, no, I would end up just um, talking nonsense. Um, probably we should have been at the pub. Um, <clears throat> Bad Cat Games. I mean, you're, yeah, you you must get to the situation where you are playing lots and lots of games. And you're thinking, well, this is maybe potentially something I can do myself. So how, where did the kind of where did Bad Cat Games come from? How was how did it get how did it get placed on this planet and born into this realm? <laughs> yeah, well, I think like a, a lot of designers out there, I mean, I'd been, you know, as I said, I'm uh, I love the theme of games, but I also love to see how the mechanics work. So I will buy a game to take it apart and see how it works. And, uh, you know, there'll be things in there that I think, oh, that's so clever, uh, and other things I won't be so happy with. But um, so I tend to find that that I like to include house rules, if I can, you know, just to, just to change things um, to make them better for, for me and the players we're playing with. And um, But I'd had, you know, that obviously a spin-off of that is uh, coming up with ideas for your own games for... Um, you know, just complete stuff out of the blue. And uh, I'd basically been knocking ideas around, probably about six different ideas for games for, you know, loads of years. But um, with this sort of explosion in the board gaming market, and uh, I thought, you know, I'm going to get off my backside and actually create some prototypes. And, and we've got a really good group here in central Scotland, yeah. um, the, the Falkirk RPG group. I said I would mention them, but uh, hello, although, Falkirk RPG. Yeah, have, they got exactly. have they got a Twitter account? Uh, they they do, yeah. They they don't they don't use it much because we use uh, some other sort of online forum thing. Um, oh, to be okay, honest, okay. but yeah, okay. they're on there. Um, and uh, but as well as as well as sort of primarily RPG, they they uh, do like their board games, and some of them have got huge collections, like I have. Um, so. Um, they're great, and uh, they were just an ideal group to be able to bounce prototypes off and say, okay, well, what do you think of this? What do you think of this idea? And uh, so that's really what really kicked it off. You know, that was the excuse that I needed to get going. And um, there's basically three of us in Bad Cat Games. Um, I'm obviously the I'm the captain. I'm the one that's pushing it all along. But right, okay, uh, okay. Uh, I've got the, uh, the other two um, are... Uh, extremely supportive and you know we're always bouncing ideas off uh one of them grant is uh, a superb sculptor um so he's he sculpts his own miniatures so um so he it's great having him on board as well and uh so it's it's very much sort of the three of us but i'm i guess i'm the one yeah we have we have our own ideas for games but i'm the one that's sort of pushing the games forward and actually taking them beyond just the concept stage yeah yeah. Uh, so it's Bad Cat Games was very much my idea um, to get started, and it's you know it's an experiment, but um, it's something that I'm extremely passionate about. Want to push forward, um, actually make a go of it, and get some games out there, be published, um, and uh, and join the the huge group of of really really friendly people that are in um, the gaming industry. You know, I'm talking indie companies here. But everybody's so friendly. I think a lot of us would have fallen at various hurdles if it wasn't for the support that we get from uh, other designers, other publishers, not just in the UK, you know, but yeah. but uh, um, all over, really. So that's that's where Bad Kit Games came from. 
um, it's an opportunity. So we're going to push forward and uh, make our mark. That's the plan. Are you quite an analytical person then? Do you go into a lot of detail? I mean, I take it your is your job quite an analytical day-to-day no. thing? No, not at all. No, no, I'm not... Uh, no, that's not my way. I'm 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 very much an ideas person, and oh, yeah, when it comes yeah. to games, um, it's it's the theme really that that um, fits for me first. The theme is really important. Oh, so um, where elements came from was um, was that you know I mentioned mahjong earlier, yes, and that kind of sort of Eastern religion, sort of a bit of esotericism, and if that's the correct word. And uh, listen, I struggle with normal words. If there's any words <laughs> over about four syllables, I just tap. I, just I don't know. Tap out it like doesn't matter wrestler. anymore. Just, just make it up and put it on the Urban Dictionary. It'll be fine. It, we could just It'll put it in. We could just, we could. If it's rubbish, what I could do is I could go back and we can edit. <laughs> we it. can edit it out. Yeah. And lovely. you could go back and you could say, yeah, that's very full of management and management. <laughs> Yes, just I'll do a voiceover. Um, you must accept my contrafibularities. Um, <laughs> yes. So. Okay, so, I mean, that's a lovely segue to talk about <laughs> elements, you know? Yeah, yeah, I guess it is. What's Unless we bit... edit that out as well. No, we're not going to edit that out. Mm, we don't... Yeah. I, do you think I stand and edit podcasts for hours and hours and hours? <laughs> I, I actually no do. I actually do. <laughs> kind of oh, my God. No. I'm that paranoid um, that I'm kind of... I'm worried about... Um, no. I'm, uh, no. It doesn't matter. It's all it's all good. Um, elements. Yes. Yes. So, um, so elements was very much uh, an an idea that I cooked up on the on the way on in the car journey on the way to Europe um, a couple of years back, and it was just you know you got lovely hours to just think of stuff, and then you find you're in Inverness and think, hang on, I was going to France. But it does give you a great opportunity to um, to think of stuff, and uh, yeah, it was. Um, we had been playing um, King of Tokyo quite a bit, and then uh, there was Ryan Mitsuya's game um, Age of War as well. Is another one that's basically a sort of um, symbol symbol on dice matching game. Yes, I've and, heard of. Um, yeah, I've heard of. Yeah. I've heard of, um, I've heard of that and uh, frustrations with Age of War requiring a couple of horses and an archer. Or something like that. Yeah. What do you need to yeah. do to take over this city? Yeah, flipping, and an flipping archers. Yeah. Oh, they get me every time. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I wanted to do something like that, and I literally just sort of uh, once we were there on holiday, I just sort of went out to the local big toy stores they have out there and bought up a load of dice and a load of stickers and just started prototyping there, and then it was great, and um, the whole thing sort of snowballed out of that. But the theme. The theme was strong, you know. I mean, uh, Elements is a very visual game because it is basically um, a, a sort of dice battling game uh, for for four players essentially. Um, but the the theme had to be really strong because otherwise everybody would say, "Well, it's just a like a King of Tokyo clone or something like that." Yeah. But um, so the theme was was very strong, and I knew straight away that I wanted to sort of take. Um, my thinking was that. You know, if we these religions on Earth, we have these ideas of fundamental forces of nature and and the sort of the four or five natural elements. You know, your air, uh, fire, water, earth, and then quite often I think it's metal, um, which is another one, or ether. I think is another one in um, the in, one Indian religion. Um, 
and you just think to yourself, well, if we've come up with that, then surely there's other, if there are alien races uh, elsewhere in the universe, well, they, they might have these kind of same principles as well. And uh, that just got me thinking. And so the theme theme of the game really slotted in at that point, you know, thinking, well, let's just push it into space and have these four alien races that their cultures are actually very, very strongly thematically connected to one of these four elements. So um, you've got the four races and that they, you know, they live and breathe and they look so strongly of the element that they come from. And... Uh, so it sort of came from there and uh but i wanted to keep it really simple i wanted to just because it is kind of it was a first game it's an experiment you want to see how far you want to go and although i had lots of other ideas to include in it to sort of expand it um everybody else was when they play tested they were saying no just keep it keep it nice and simple keep it a nice tight little battling game um the kind of thing that any any child of sort of eight plus will be able to cope with, but then it should still be tactically fun enough for adults to play. It is a, a what we call a quick filler game, of course. You know that's one of the um, appellations, but um, yeah. and it is. But um, I've seen it's bizarre. I've seen at times playtesters just sort of rolling those dice the first time and then sitting there thinking right what am i going to do with these could I, should i put them here should i put them over there <laughs> can i afford to use this dice here now or do i need to use it for something else and you know you see their brains working and and i'm thinking hang on this is like a 15 minute game that's gonna take 15 minutes before you finish your go <laughs> you know, but, yeah, exactly but like, uh, they're not all like that a game with a simple simple kind of rule structure that can result in major analysis paralysis is always a win, <laughs> and always the the games that the games that I've enjoyed are the games that cause Colin to have a furrowed brow and to be <laughs> staring into space for ten minutes because oh, that dear. means I know we've I I mean that I know that means he's kind of enjoying the game once he gets past the kind of the original kind of AP, but mm. I mean. It's, yeah, um, but that that's that's not that was certainly not the uh, well that's not really how how elements goes at all you know it's it's yeah. people are over analyzing really if but I can imagine people I mean it is in essence I mean you bring in King of Tokyo but looking looking at the um, the kind of the the print and play boards um, it mm. seems a case that you you're rolling dice. And depending on the sides of the custom dice that come up, you can then use that to use it for attacks. For yeah, so the, yeah. Each of the. Am I explaining that right, or am I taking yeah, a wild so stab in the dark that you're just going to no, say that you edit this out as well? Because that was <laughs> <laughs> no, no. In a nutshell, basically, it's um, it's a symbol matching dice game um, where each of you is playing uh, one of the alien shamans or shamans, and uh, they they're battling for it's a kind of um, 
polite uh, PC way of um, deciding which of these four alien races has ascendancy for the next seven years. It's just part of the sort of lore behind the story. But essentially, yes, you have a set of dice which have the symbols of the four elements on, but they also have the fifth element, which is this element Z, which is why you want to call the game either elements or element Z. It really doesn't matter. But um, Uh, that that Z side of the dice is the wild side. That's your joker, um, which mimics any of the other symbols. So it's not just a case of rolling the dice, damn, I can't use them, then that's your turnover. Um, You've got these Zs or Zs that you can use to mimic to the other symbols to complete combos, which, yeah, effectively, um, the simplest way of explaining is that they're going to do damage to the other players. But again, it's not you're you're knocking lives off or you're trying to kill them off or anything. It's basically that each of these dice represent your store of energy. They are energy dice. So what you're actually doing is draining your opponents of their energy dice so you're the only one left and you're the winner, the Master Z, as we call them. And that's very much, in a nutshell, the basic game. There's, there's more tactics to it than that, but and each of the, the alien races have their own special power as well, which makes that gives them an edge, makes them different from each other. Um, the the Earth Shaman, for example, is uh, has much stronger defense, or rather his, his defense is cheaper for him to be able to charge up, but yes. it's also quite brittle. So if that gets broken through, then he can be in trouble. Whereas the Fire player is much more attacky, but his attack powers are a bit weaker than the other players. He can just often pile out more than one um in one turn so the turns move quite rapidly around because it's a case you roll the dice up to three times it's a standard sort of yahtzee mechanic yeah roll the dice three times over then you decide what you do with your your dice that you lock them in to make to complete these combos and then you cut fire off the combos some of the combos you can actually keep back so you can hold on to them to then affect the other players turns so it's a kind of denial thing Mm-hmm. Um, but also the the sort of heart of what makes it different, I think, from these other kind of symbol matching dice games that are out there, um, is that also the wild dice is again thematically it's wild energy, and if you ever roll three Zs at any time in your turn, you basically lose control of the magic or lose control of the energy, and that's your turnover, and you can't do anything. So that's that. A strong risk versus reward angle that anybody can understand and this is the thing the game is the game is not pitched towards hardcore gamers that's not our intention you know because those that already have something like king of Toko, tokyo i doubt if they're going to be interested in buying elements um yeah they might but you know i'm just saying it's um you know king of tokyo is a is a clever wii game mm. and our game is different but they have things in common and um, but it appeals, I think, much more to entry-level gamers um, or people that you know are really not gamers at all. You know, I've play tested, we've play tested these games with friends and family who who are not gamers at all. Yeah. And it was kind of right. Look, get this out on the table. Tell us what you think. And at the end of like twenty minutes, they were going, "That was really cool. <laughs> is this is is this going to? Are you going to sell this? Can we buy this?" But, I mean, you know, that's... and that was, and that's what we—that's what you want, I think. You know, you want to, yeah. you want to um, expand the gaming community by encouraging other people to get in, to get involved. And um, so, these games that are on the fringes of that, I think, is you know, there's always a place for them. 
and that's kind of where we're pitching it, I guess. That's not to say that we can't, um, that we haven't also designed it for gamers looking for a quick filler game or something like that to start off an evening. Do you know um, what? Sometimes, do you know what? Sometimes that's what you need. If you've got twenty minutes, half an hour, you can't break out the big bad boys of cardboard and lay them down because it takes like fifteen, twenty minutes to get them organized. <laughs> Just to you set know, them up, yeah. Like, yep, oh, okay, the days we, of Twilight Imperium. Shall we play? <laughs> shall we play Eclipse? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, because um, you know I'm low on fuel and you need a jacket. Um, <laughs> get a thing, but no, you know what I mean. It's like sometimes. I mean, for us. As I say, when I mention when I play with the kids, Codenames is a two-minute setup. Um, King of Tokyo is a two-minute setup. Um, <clears throat> even Love Letter, Hive, of course, these are yeah. all games that are all kind of two-minute setups, which you can just bust out there and everybody can start playing really, really quickly. Um, there's other games that have come out, you know, that I've been played recently. Tent Worker Assassins is a is quite a murderous little mm, game but it's yeah. very very simple to set up and it's also incredibly good fun um and then we've got um um yeah i mean but there's there's a place for that and also i, I guess i share the same view is if i can encourage two or three more people to say actually board games aren't just all about the cardboard and really kind of enjoying <laughs> what we're playing here and, and if this makes it easy then i'm all then i'm all for it and i think yeah looking at what you've got to offer in terms of elements it is the simplicity and it's the ability to be able to say what do you want to do do you want to play elements yes boom yeah and then you're ready yeah. to go you get your play mat out um is it going to be cardboard is it neoprene that you're looking at no it's oh no it's it'll be standard uh um cardboard you know okay cool. um, okay yeah um, okay. Yeah, it'd be fun. I did actually do some prototypes with the neoprene mat and then had all these great ideas of doing a travel edition where you could just roll all four of them up and stick the dice down the middle. And we might yeah. still do that in the future for retail because yeah. we do intend to. I think it's the kind of game that, that would appeal to the retail crowd. So that's certainly one of our intentions in the future. Um, cool. But I should say as well that, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the benefit of Elements is is it has like a 10 second startup um you know you, <laughs> yeah, exactly. you get the boards out you get the dice out and unless you're um unless you're chris and can't tell the difference between red dice and green dice all oh, right okay. <laughs> okay then you're set and uh, but it is worth i think worth pointing out as well that um we have i mean for kickstarter this is very much a limited edition set and the thing about it that makes it different not only is it a three to four player game on one side of the board but there's actually a completely different two-player game on the flip side all right but, okay yeah but we're actually including um we wanted to include the totems um and the, which is a different part of the game it's like an expansion to the game basically but we wanted to include that right from the start in the kickstarter rather than say well okay we've got to reach this level and then we're going to unlock the stretch goal of an expansion because as far as we're concerned we just want people to get their money's worth and um it is the totems expansion doesn't make it much more of a gamer's game yeah. because it introduces um and it's it's much more of an energy management game than right, simply okay. a dice rolling yeah. take that game yeah and the reason for that is because the totem each totem board which is the second board that you get um and again it goes with the theme of having shamans you can't have shamans if you don't have them. <laughs> spirit totems 
And uh, but the, the totems have uh, tokens on them. Have four tokens which come out of uh, randomly drawn from the bag. Everybody has access to the same tokens, and they can be used to f to fill in the gaps basically in your combos. So if you don't roll what you need to complete a combo, but you do happen to have a token which slots into that empty space, then yeah. that allows you to trigger the combo. Um, and there's various other tokens in there, like you can start messing around with the other players' um, dice rolls and forcing them to re-roll and this kind of stuff. Um, and it is a sort of a, a buff against your chances of uh, getting a wild surge and rolling all of these Zs or these Zs. But um, it's a dwindling yeah, resort. <laughs> I mean, that's important. I've got to think. Got to think of our yeah, American got friends. To so. You've got to decide on that. <laughs> no, I don't think that's necessary. I, I think but... it, could, it could be. It could be a tip. You will. I'll tell you what. You will get somebody in the comments that'll ask. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. That's very <laughs> I'd be, true. I feel like somebody going on and said last week I balanced, I backed Elemenzeds. <laughs> This oh, yeah. simple combat dice game oh, with dear. the Z energies. I'm Look, as saying. long as they're all chatting on the comments section, I really don't mind. As long as they're actually backing yeah. the game. Yes, yes, <laughs> that would be handy crack, too. You yeah. crack on. You could, you, you could call the dice Kevin if it makes you happy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Honest, <laughs> honestly, love, do what you want. <laughs> you just crack on. Here's some stickers. You can put whatever you want on as long as you've backed it. It's fine. Mm. Um, in terms of what, you know, it's interest you talk you know thinking about the funding and kind of the stretch goals and stuff like that in terms of um dates the kickstarter is mm. out on the 16th. 16th yeah yeah which um i mean it is about a week away <laughs> it's exactly a week away yeah we're gonna launch at noon because you know why not <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I don't on. think it really makes that much of a difference, of course, yeah. because you know, being international, everybody's in their own time zones anyway. So yeah, and let's face it, everybody will wake up for a nice surprise if they are kind of over, <laughs> if they're over in the states and stuff like that. They'll be like, oh, that's nice. Yeah. Um, so they'll go go ahead. But um, do you? I mean, what's the what the kind of the levels? Have you decided on that? The kind of what the base game's going to cost? Yeah, the base game um, is twenty four pounds, um, pounds English pounds, British pounds, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gotta be careful. Yeah, and I've got to uh, be careful. Uh, but we will have a, we do have an early bird on there, which will just make it a wee bit cheaper. Because I think you know we're we're a new company, we're an unknown company, yes. um, you know. And as I said earlier, you know, we really want to offer. Um, the backers the as much as they can get really you know want to offer them a good deal and mm. um but we've you know we've been very sensible about it we don't want to chuck the kitchen sink uh, into the project and have you know just tons of stretch goals and stuff we do have a fair number of stretch goals but they're not going to be crazy things that to be honest uh, are not necessary for the actual game as a whole. You know, I do no. see a lot of Kickstarters where they're just sort of throwing everything out there, and you think, well, fine if people just want to buy that kind of thing as an add-on, but it's not necessarily going to add anything to the game. Yeah, it's an, it's an interesting kind of double thing because we've been talking. I mean, obviously, we talked to a few people. I mean, one of the guys we're speaking to at the moment is uh, is Peter Blenkern, who is. Of course, yeah. Running his YCB, sub, yeah. He's sub, yeah, his Subterra campaign, which mm. is about to hit two hundred k, and I think mm. he is, he is getting to the point. <laughs> he 
he's getting to the point where um, he's kind of like going, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I have no <laughs> idea. What next. We're kind of like, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of beyond stretch goals. I'm on uh, new game plus stretch goals kind of thing. That's where he, he is for oh, that. And, and yeah. it's a nice it's a nice position to be. It's a lovely position to be in, yeah, absolutely. But also, I guess it puts you into the position where where do you draw the line and actually say stop? And uh, currently, I am trying to persuade him to put some bearded meeple stickers out there. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I saw that, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, get some bearded meeples on yeah, there. Yeah. Yes, that's you know what, what we want. Yep, and I've put it in the comments <laughs> of the Kickstarter, Great. and there's people now demanding it. So, Is there? Um, really? Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, it caused them to go back and listen to this quick episode, and um, oh, <laughs> next course, thing you know, there's comments yeah. turning up going, Very good. Uh, we'd, I think bearded meeple stickers are the way forward, and he's just like, what are you doing? <laughs> I says, I'm just making my dream a reality. If yeah. you're not going to stick false beards in the campaign, then I'm getting my bearded meeple stickers one way or another. So we're in Very aggressive good. negotiations, I think you call it. Oh. We'll, see, we'll <laughs> see what happens. Um, what's the mood like in the bad cat camp at the moment? Are you excited? Are you slightly nervous? Are you just kind of, well, we've prepared as much as we can prepare? I think all of those things. Um, we are definitely very excited, you know. I mean, this is a mm. brave new world and all that, but uh, it is exciting to be to be launching something like this. And uh, yeah, well, we, you know, it's when it comes down to it, and what a lot of other um, people that have been through that, like Kevin and, uh, and Hugh at Inspiring Games, you know, they um, these guys they say, you know, there comes a point where you just want to launch it and you just want to get going <laughs> yeah, and you yeah. you want to see what happens and it's all exciting, but yeah, you're nervous at the same time, of course. But you know, we we totally stand by the product as well, and and no, you know, I mean, it, it looks I, beyond this, beyond no, this, I've got uh, as I said, you know, Gladiatores is um, yes uh, planned for later in the year, and then. We've already got prototypes of the next two games that we've got planned. Um, one of them's another family, uh, sort of family-oriented game about uh, um, insects on a picnic table, and that's all I'm going to say about it. But cool. it's a lot of fun, and uh, you know everybody we've playtested it with say this is an awesome wee game. Get it out as fast as possible. So, uh, so that's that could be a fun one on the horizon. And uh, then there's lots of other things, but we're not we're not tied down to any particular. Um, genre, and you know, people say, "Well, you know, what's Bad Cat Games wants to be famous for in the future?" Yeah, and it's yeah. it's not a case of that. It's uh, you know, we will design whatever game we want to sit down and play ourselves. You know, and we'll we'll go out there and spread the word about it. And if like-minded gamers will come along and say, "Yeah, we want to play it too," then great. You know, we're on we're on a roll on that one. So, yeah, miniatures games, big box, four um, X games. Um, we want to go back to the uh, the sort of lore and and the the creatures of the elements universe, if you like, um, and and do a much bigger game of that. Yeah. Which we're sort of interested to maybe give it a bit of legacy feel to it, but I don't think I'm not sure if we're going to go that far. But certainly, it's the plans written are exciting, and I think it's going to make a really fun game. Um, so there's that in the pipeline. Um, yeah, quite um, a few. <laughs> do you want to? Um, I know you talked. You know, Gladiatores is not. You know, you're looking potentially later on in the year. Do you want to give us the kind of the wet your appetite kind sure. of thing about sure, what yeah, it's yeah. all about? It's you know, it's obviously not a clever name. I'm guessing that potentially 
there could be gladiators involved. <laughs> but I'm willing, I'm willing to be corrected on the right. mention statement. <laughs> no, you're you're pretty close to the mark on that one. Yeah, well, gladiators was, and it's called that, I should say, because uh, gladiators r e s on the end is actually apparently the correct Latin way of the plural of a gladiator. So um, this is a game all about gladiators, um, and I actually had the idea about four years back, and then of course Spartacus came on the TV, and then everybody started doing <laughs> exactly. gladiators games. And so I just shelved it for a while, to be honest, um, and sort of continued tweaking it uh, in the background. But yeah, it's uh, it's a card game. It's purely a card game. Do you ever remember a game, or if any of your listeners remember a game called Lunch Money by Atlas Games? It was a wee card game where you're playing a child in a playground and you, you're beating the bejesus out of each other. Um, with all kind of martial arts moves, um, all sounds... for the sake of stealing yeah. stealing your pocket money uh, or your lunch money, obviously because of the title. And uh, yeah, I picked that up in some dodgy gaming shop uh, in Bradford or somewhere, and um, I think it was. And uh, it was it was a fun wee game, but I always felt it could be it could go further. So add that in it. That's the sort of um, spirit ancestor of uh, of gladiatores so it's basically a a card driven combat game but you're not actually playing just a single gladiator you're actually playing the lannister who's the owner or the uh, the trainer of the gladiator school and you're putting forward uh, one of five different gladiator types um into various events to win glory fame money wealth and ultimately to um to be allowed to go and present in front of Caesar in Rome. Um, but it's in its heart, it's very much a blow-by-blow a blow combat card game where each of the cards represents one particular move that you can do based on the the equipment that you have so obviously the retiarius is going to be doing a lot of uh, sort of uh, trident thrusts and that kind of stuff whereas yeah, yeah. Um, the thracian for example is going to be hiding in behind his shield and using his shield to block a lot and that kind of stuff but it uses a a very simple trumping system where um one card will be good against certain other cards and other cards will be good to trump that card so it's a sequence of of trade of cards that go down and uh, on top of each other one trumps another trumps another and so on until somebody runs out or chooses not to um use a card to be able to sort of um break that flurry of blows if you like yeah yeah um and uh, so but beyond that as well you've got the the secret dealing of the lannisters going on because there's various roles that you can play in the game and um, which give you secret advantages which you can trigger during during any of these sort of duel events or these sort of melee events um and uh, there's tactics as well um which you can also trigger that gives you special advantages because the thing about having the hand of cards it's not a play card draw a card 
type of mechanic. You actually start the game with 16 cards, which are specifically geared towards your type of gladiator that gives oh, you right, the moves. Okay. Yeah. yeah, they okay. give you the moves. So again, it's very thematic because you take that hand of cards and you think, yeah, these cards fit this gladiator. They're not just generic. They're not randomly drawn from a deck. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, there's attack cards and defense cards, and then there's sort of special effects cards, which tend to be combat finishers. But um, that hand of cards is basically the energy or the, the stamina that you have to fight the, the fight and survive and be the last one standing. And so there's also an element of card management there because sometimes you literally think, you know, I could play more cards, but you know what, I'm going to take this on the chin because I don't want to lose any more cards because you get into a, a sort of trading of blows to the point where you completely forget about the other players and they're all sitting there giggling to themselves because <laughs> they're watching you burning out all your energy. So, because effectively, you know, if a, if a gladiator's burnt out all his cards and can't fight on, then that's it. They're out of the fight. You know, then, then the crowds are not going to be happy. So there's that. So it's basically a card game. Um, but it has the sort of secret rules, the secret tactics of the Lannisters behind where, for example, you can actually throw the fight. So you can say to your gladiator, I want you to fall in this fight. But in doing so, that's fine because I've used you to help the other guy win because I've bet on him. Because oh, there's right. a, okay. a sort of gambling betting element to it, which I think is from what we've been told, certainly, um, is quite different from the other sort of uh, gladiator-type arena combat games that are out there. So that makes it a bit different. And then it's all about wowing the crowd, and the crowd gains you favour, which you can cash in into a sort of mini-game that allows you to generate glory. So there's a mini-game there where you're trying to complete um, what we call the glory wheel, and uh, by doing that, basically, that's where your victory points come from to work out who's actually won the game. So you tend to play three rounds, three to four rounds of the game. So that would be three to four different events. And each time you have to draw a different gladiator from your set of gladiators, um, go up against the others. And it's great not knowing how the other players play and sort of learning as you go. And obviously being quite careful yourself with the cards that you choose to play and how you play them. Um, but again, it's quite a fun game. It only goes on for sort of 90 minutes or so. But um, right. the the amount of times every show that we've taken it to and uh, got people to sit down and play it, they, they really enjoyed it. You know, they wanted to play. I was sort of saying, so there's there's the game. What do you think? And, yeah. you know, and get some feedback and then sort of there's other people waiting to come and play the game and you want to sort of move on and people are still sitting there and, and they go, we really <laughs> want to play this again. Can we play this again? So, so it's difficult. Which is the, to, be it's the best result you want. Which is the it? best result, absolutely. Um, so, makes it um, a bit tricky when you don't have multiple tables. Is Gladiatorius, is that going to be coming out on Kickstarter regardless yes. of what happens with elements is that yes absolutely right. okay yeah well, yeah cool. i mean yeah regardless of what happens with elements i mean hopefully obviously we 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 hope and expect to at least fund and we'd like to be able to unlock some nice stretch goals we've got yeah, yeah, no. yeah absolutely. but you know absolutely. you've we've got to be obviously very sensible in what we're doing because we are very small we're a micro business basically so and we're just starting out so yeah regardless of that we'll be pushing ahead with gladiatories um so yeah if it's not third quarter this year then it'll be very shortly after because as i say it's like 90 percent ready yeah so um push that out and um you know see how that does and uh you know we'll just keep rolling rolling and cool. uh you know um with these different games 
So if people want to keep an eye on on um Bad Cat Games. Yeah. Where where can they find you on the on the fabulous internets? <laughs> yeah, on the on the intertubes. And the um, interwebs. Well, we, yes. <laughs> Well, we have uh, we obviously have our own website, badcatgames.eu. Yes. Uh, so we're not a co UK. We're not a com. We aren't badcatgames.eu. Okay. Um, very European is is how we are. Um, but also we're on Facebook, Bad Cat Games, obviously, and mm-hmm. um, Twitter as well. And uh, we regularly post stuff up on Instagram too. So um, you know, pictures of uh, the games, um, you know, the artwork for the games and. Uh, prototypes and new stuff um is getting put there from time to time as well so um any of those channels we're all over social media well we will make sure that they all go in the show notes as we say as normal so we have some notes to show Um, fantastic if you want to keep an eye on what we're up to and i have no idea why so many of you still do we love you all thank you very much (laughs) um (laughs) <laughs> um, it's just you know I'm just like I could do no wrong I could say anything at all but it's not true at all because we do appreciate everybody who comes along and listens whether it be the first time or the uh, or the forty fourth time now this is kind of yeah. turning into something quite serious like a, some kind of disease. Um, <laughs> if you want to keep an eye on what we're up to, then we are also all over the internet and you can find us on on the usual places, Twitter at We're Not Wizards and Facebook at We're Not Wizards and Instagram, um, which is sadly neglected, but we're going to put more photographs on it, we promise, at We're Not Wizards. Um, you can also email us, which is magic at we'renotwizards.com or .co.uk. Um, if you like what you've heard tonight, um, and this is me putting my little doggy beg begging eyes on please uh, feel free to leave us a review on iTunes and as I am always saying you know don't give us a 10 because that just inflates our egos but don't give us a 1 because that makes us cry so give us maybe a bit in the middle a, like a 5 you know kind of average which is where we like to sit um, Justin this has been I've had a lot of fun it's been yeah, really, really yeah. interesting, actually, and it's kind of I could probably continue talking to you for you know a good couple of oh, hours, and I, we will. I think we we probably do, will, yeah. We shall do this pub thing. Um, yeah. There obviously there's a couple of things that we need to make sure that everybody is aware of, and yeah, the first thing is of course that um, we are many things, but we're not wizards. <laughs> are we wizards, Justin? Oh no, definitely, definitely, definitely not. Definitely not. We no. are gods from another plane of existence <laughs> with our Z or Z energy. Uh, <laughs> I'm only messing with you. Um, <clears throat> and the second thing to do is to say goodbye to all the lovely people listening tonight. So it is a goodbye from the utterly fantastic and thoroughly interesting and all round good lad, Justin. Yeah, bye, folks. Bye, folks. Bye from Bad Cats. Bye bye from Bad Cats. And keep an eye out on this Kickstarter. The 16th, we shall obviously be doing a little bit of tweeting out there to make sure everybody's aware of it. This will be in your ears to prepare you before the campaign goes live as well. 
Um, but until the next time, stay safe, roll those power dice, and watch out for alien gods from other dimensions. Bye for now.